This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I am so looking forward to talking with you about today's topic, being vulnerable. And I want to let you know on the front end that I have an agenda in this conversation with you. And that agenda is selling you on the value of being vulnerable, especially when it comes to your marriage. So I want to ask you a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how vulnerable are you? And it's funny to ask this question because a lot of times when I'm speaking with my clients, they feel like they are being vulnerable. And I believe that there is sometimes confusion and conflation with being radically honest in vulnerability. And I just want to offer you that they're not the same thing. Being vulnerable is you going deep within yourself and sharing your fears, your desires, your concerns, your worries, your insecurities, all of those like inner tender spots. Whereas a lot of times when my clients are saying they're being honest, they're looking outside of themselves at what their spouse is doing. And so they're describing things that their spouse is doing from this place of honesty, but also from this sense of like shame and judgment of like, well, I don't want to criticize you and I don't want to complain all the time, but let me just be honest and let me be open and transparent. But vulnerability is an inner experience first you have with yourself that you then sort of pull from inside of you to share with your spouse. Being vulnerable is like taking your heart out of your chest and showing it to this person that you love and that you hope will accept you and that you hope won't judge you and that you hope will hold your heart and help you support it with loving, kindness, compassion, and understanding. And so that is something that we can all use more of. It is also something that I recognize that for so many of you is really hard to do. And as I thought about that and I thought about the conversations I get to have with my clients, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to be vulnerable in our marriage, which is supposed to be one of the safest, most intimate places where we live? both emotionally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, right? Intellectually. And 
I came up with a few reasons of why it's so hard. The first is we just don't like it. (laughs) We don't like going inside of ourselves. I think we are conditioned from a very young age to look at what other people are doing, make judgments of what other people are doing, and then connect people's actions and words that are outside of us. We connect it inside of us, right? We make a direct relationship between you said this, you did this, and that made me feel a certain way. It's so funny on a side note, you know, my kids are in elementary school and we were having a meeting with my son's teacher and, you know, she was talking about a strategy she uses in the classroom and she mentioned like, she'll say like, oh, it makes me so sad that you're doing this thing, like the bad behavior. And I was like cringing inside of my skin because I was like, oh my goodness, we're already teaching children to be codependent. We're already teaching them that their behavior causes someone else's emotions. And I've been sitting with that. It just happened recently. I've been sitting with that of like, okay, how do I address this? How do I bring this up to her, to the whole department, (laughs) to everybody that needs to know that someone's actions don't directly cause your emotions? And it's kind of manipulative to say it that way. Anyways, I digress. I think what in that example, while we're on it, though, right, is to be more vulnerable in that moment, being more vulnerable would have been, hey, I would really like for you to be listening. It would help everyone if you paid attention. And I get it, like six-year-old kids probably don't understand that, but I guarantee you there's some age-appropriate way to be sharing and communicating that angle versus it makes me so sad that you're doing this thing. All right, so all of that to say, we don't like it. We don't like doing the work inside ourselves to figure out what's going on and then sharing that with someone else because being vulnerable also requires that you take a lot of personal responsibility. It requires that you make the connection between I'm feeling this way, not necessarily because of what you're doing, but because of my own set of experiences, my own history, my own belief systems and thoughts and messaging that I am taking in and then projecting onto your behavior. And that's a complicated thing for our minds to want to do. So I just want to acknowledge and normalize that this isn't a desirable set of actions or ways of operating. The other reason it is so hard to be vulnerable is I think so many of us were shamed as children for our feelings. I know that I probably, no, definitely fell into the category of being on the higher sensitivity side of things emotionally. I'm a very emotional person. I'm incredibly empathetic, very sensitive to my own emotions, other people's emotions, which is exactly why I do the work that I do. But I can imagine and know that for my parents who were young people raising a child, I'm the oldest, so they had no clue, that my emotions were overwhelming for them. 
and they didn't know what to do with them. There wasn't Instagram and podcasts and things like this where they could sit down and learn what your child's emotions mean and how to help them navigate their emotions. And the messaging I got was like, stop crying. Why are you crying so much? Right? Or even worse, on some really poor examples, like if you keep crying, I'm going to give you something to cry for. Right? How many of us grew up in homes where that was the messaging? And so we learned at a very early age, your emotions are not okay. You do not share them. You stuff them down and you keep it moving and you follow the rules and you stay on this line exactly as you're told. So we don't have any practice. And if we do have emotions, we judge ourselves because we have been so shamed. There are other times when I'm speaking with clients and they talk about why it's so hard for them to be vulnerable is that their vulnerabilities have been used against them. So maybe when they did bring something to a partner, whether that's their current marriage or a previous relationship, they felt like the person used it against them. They saw their weakness. And so maybe it was a toxic relationship and it wasn't healthy to actually share your vulnerabilities with the other person. And then they used it to manipulate you or to guilt trip you or to shame you. So I do want to acknowledge and recognize that for some of you, you have tried to be vulnerable. You have shown your emotions and really taken responsibility for your feelings and presented it to someone and they mishandled it. So I do want to honor that and recognize that and know that that is perhaps for some of you, just an extra hurdle to have to overcome. And then the third, the fourth reason, rather, that it's hard to be vulnerable is it just opens you up for rejection, right? When you're being vulnerable, you're showing a side of yourself that not a lot of people have exposure to, and it feels risky. It feels risky because you could share this tender side of you, this maybe a little bit needy side of you, this anxious side of you, this worried side of you. And you're presenting it to someone who may not have those same concerns, worries, or anxieties. And whenever we encounter people who are different from us, especially when it comes to personality traits or emotional temperaments, our brain wants to shut it down and judge it as wrong. And so I do want to acknowledge that for some of us, especially if we have very different emotional temperaments than our spouse, being vulnerable feels like you're just opening yourself up for rejection because you know your spouse doesn't have those same feelings or concerns in the way that you do, and they may not understand it. So all of that is okay. Right? Those are just things that we want to know and pay attention to and know that those are sort of the things we're going to have to step over or jump over or run right through in order to become a more vulnerable person. And the reason that vulnerability is so important is that it is the only way that you genuinely create a deep, and meaningful connection with another person. There's a quote I came about um, this weekend as I was doing some work and preparing for the virtual date night we had inside the marriage upgrade. And this quote is, you will never create a really strong, secure connection if you don't allow your partner to fully know you or if your partner is unwilling 
to fully know you. Let me read that again. You will never create a really strong, secure connection if you don't allow your partner to fully know you. That's your vulnerability. Or if your partner is unwilling to fully know you, meaning you share your vulnerability, but something's holding your partner back from receiving that and being able to connect with you. The other reason why vulnerability is so important is honestly, this is what I believe all of us are craving and wanting in marriage, right? Again, your marriage is a safe space. It should be a safe space where you feel chosen, where you feel accepted, and you get to be loved exactly for who you really are. There's no mask you have to put on. There's no pretending. There's no accomplishment you need to be striving for. And vulnerability is the pathway to getting you there because then you allow your spouse to really see who you really are. Like, I'm a person that's not perfect. And I remember this so clearly even in my own marriage when when my husband and I first started dating, he would have this like passing comment like, oh, you look well, like you in, you look good on paper and you interview well. That, he would say that comment. I'd be like, what? And at the time... Of course, right? Like my credentials of who I was, right? I was a single woman. I had had my doctorate degree already by the time he and I met. I was a director at my job. So it was like in that power couple sense, I fit all the criteria, right? I was a very independent woman. I wasn't, you know, I was just very independent and self-assured, right? And There's what was on paper in terms of my (laughs) tangible life assets or accomplishments. And then there was who I was as a person. And so it was like, not only are you like, you know, in the right realm of what I'm looking for, for a life partner, for my ambition and for my goals in life, but also like, I really like you as a person. And It's funny because over the course of our time together, we've been together for 15 years and married for 11, so much of the tangible things about me has changed, right? Like I'm no longer in that career anymore. I am now married to him. So like the independence I had is now shared. And so being vulnerable and being willing to show him my true self of taking off all the armor of my accomplishments and starting a business from scratch and struggling and failing and having to like work my way up to really do what is in my heart to do in the world, I've gone through massive transitions, right? And he's stood beside me through all of it. Now, let me be a thousand percent honest and transparent. It has not been an easy road at all by any stretch of the imagination. And I have to think about for myself, like what would it be like if he just came to me one day, I was like, yeah, I'm giving up medicine and I'm gonna like walk dogs. (laughs) My passion is walking dogs, right? He would never do that. But I think about that and for many of you, you probably think about it too. Like maybe you're in a career that you don't actually love or that doesn't feel aligned with like who you believe yourself to be in this world, but you've done it because of pressure or whatever and you've just been on this achievement track and 
you don't know that you could have that safety in your marriage where you could come to your partner and be like, hey, this doesn't fulfill me. I want to do a total 180. But at the end of the day, that is what you want. That's what all of us want. We want to be able to take off all of this persona that we need to present to the world and come in our snuggly PJs and you know, fluffy socks to each other and just be like, this is who I am. Do you love me? Do you accept me? Will you stay with me? Right? And vulnerability is part of that. I think vulnerability is also so important because it opens the door for your spouse to actually love you at the highest level. Right? It's so easy. You hear about this all the time with friendships, right? Oh, it's so easy to be friends when things are going well. But when things go rocky, especially in friendships, because there's not as much invested or as much reason to like keep working on a friendship if it doesn't feel like it's serving you. But when times get hard, it's so easy to just cut out. But in marriage, when you can be vulnerable and encounter challenging moments with each other, encounter challenging moments with yourself, and then share that with your spouse, it opens the door for them to love you at a higher level because you're exposing yourself, you're being yourself at a higher level. Does that make sense, right? Like, yes, I you can love me because I'm only showing you 40% of me and the rest I'm too worried or anxious or insecure or not sure how you're going to respond. So I just keep it in. So you get 40% of their love because that's what you're opening yourself up to receive. But when you lift that veil wide open and you're like, here I am 100%. These are the things that I worry about. These are the little idiosyncrasies I have. These are my little quirks. Here's the stuff that I do that I would never want anyone in the world to know about. And that person's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I can deal with that. You've just exponentially increased your capacity to receive love by being more of yourself, okay? Now, let's talk about what vulnerability requires, right? Because we've talked about all the reasons why it's hard and why it's important. And so I really want to set you up to be successful in taking the steps to be more vulnerable in your marriage, Vulnerability first requires massive self-awareness. If I could just be on a soapbox (laughs) with a megaphone screaming out into the world, it would be self-awareness would be my soapbox. Because self-awareness enables you to know yourself, right? You can't be vulnerable if you don't actually know yourself. And To go more in depth on this, last week's podcast, that's exactly what it was all about. Like, these are the things you must know about yourself. And so if you've done that work, now when it comes to being vulnerable, you have a strong foundation of self-awareness to operate from, right? So when I talk about self-awareness, to me, it is always just being able to clearly articulate, understand, and answer the question, What is going on with you? 
in your daily choices, in your daily interactions with yourself, with others, in the things you do, and the things you don't do, and the things you say, and the things you don't say. And I know as I'm saying this, it can sort of be perceived as like, wow, self-awareness is like overthinking yourself. <laughs> and it's not, it's not that at all, but it is being aware. And sometimes in the beginning stages, when you're building the muscle, it may fall into the line of overthinking yourself. But once you master it, it's like, you know, you get into a groove of it and it comes automatically. I was sharing this funny story um, on Saturday inside uh, the virtual date night for the Marriage Upgrade. Um, and the Marriage Upgrade is my six-month coaching program for couples, if you're not familiar with it yet. Um and so we do virtual date nights. We have a lot of different things and different ways we get at doing this work of improving your marriage. And one of them is just a really fun, awesome virtual date night. So I was telling them, you know, my husband had picked up dinner for me right before and I'd ordered a salad. And when I opened the salad, it didn't have chicken on it. I was like, where's the chicken? And I like freaked out for a quick moment. And I knew exactly what was happening in my brain. I could tell. I'm concerned about chicken because I really require my body is best fueled by a lot of protein. And so I didn't have the protein. So now I'm like, I've got to get on this two hour call with my group. I want to be energized. I want to be well fueled, well nourished. And now I don't have protein. So what am I going to do? And so I went into like a little panic and ultimately we found the chicken. It was just in a separate container. But I didn't get mad at him, right? Because some of us would do that and we'd be like, why didn't you check? Why didn't you make sure they put chicken on my salad? I didn't do any of that. I was just like, oh, this is me and my fear and my anxiety that I'm not going to be full enough and present enough because I'm halfway hungry to lead my group at the optimal level. Now, none of that happened. Our call actually ended up being almost three hours because it was so good. They were so enthralled and it was just like the best time ever. And I was totally fine with my eating, right? So I tell you that because self-awareness not only will help you avoid an argument because you'll know what's going on inside yourself, but it does give an insight to your spouse of who you are. But you have to know that for yourself first. Being more vulnerable also requires that you have developed or can develop your own sense of self-trust and self-validation. So again, we are taught to be looking outside of ourselves for someone else's approval of how we feel. Is it okay that I feel this way? Is this wrong? Is this right? Like a, so many of my clients come to me questioning their own emotions and emotions are neither good nor bad. They just are indicators and signals to you of what matters to you. And so when you can trust your own emotions and know, hey, I'm feeling really sad about this and know what to do with that and validate your feelings versus needing your spouse to agree with you, then being more vulnerable and being able to say to them, hey, I'm really upset about this thing is much easier to do. Because you don't need them to understand it a thousand percent. You are clear, you validate yourself, and then you're just offering it to them as an additional window into your heart, an additional point of connection for the two of you, okay? So the last thing that I'll say in terms of what 
vulnerability requires. It requires also a measure of self-compassion and self-love. And so what I mean by that, especially with self-compassion, is it's just recognizing and appreciating your own humanity. You are a human being in this world with the full range of emotions. And to the piece of self-love, right, it's unconditionally accepting all parts of yourself and consciously choosing to love those parts of yourself, right? And I'll even, in this moment, when I'm selling you on vulnerability, I will be vulnerable with you. And that one of the things I am personally working on in my own journey to self-love and self-acceptance is body acceptance. So, you know, I'm 45 years old, about to be 46, and my body has changed a lot over the years. My face has changed a lot. I look at myself and like the buoyancy and the tone and slenderness of my youth is no longer here, right? And so there are many times when I will catch myself in the mirror, usually like when I wake up and when I'm going to bed and I have no makeup on and, you know, no undergarments on and like everything's just sitting where it sits, <laughs> that I am unhappy with that reflection, right? And I can share this with you because I accept my humanity and I'm really actively working on accepting and loving my body right now, 40 pounds overweight from what I would like to weigh and with the body shape that I have, even after having my second child, my actual body shape changed. There are things that were in one place of my body that are just not there anymore, right? So I'm working on that because I recognize how important self-love and self-acceptance is, not only for my own personal happiness and fulfillment, but also in my ability to be myself in my relationship, right? Because I notice when I'm not happy with how my body looks, like I wanna hide my body. I don't want my husband to see me in certain states. And so whenever I'm hiding a part of myself that I don't accept, I'm blocking his love from getting in and accepting that part of myself as well, okay? So I hope I've convinced you of how important being more vulnerable is. And I want to leave you with some questions to explore for yourself that will get you started moving in this direction. The first question I want you to become a master at asking yourself is in any situation where you're feeling a little off and it's not feeling right for you, I want you to ask yourself, what am I really feeling here? So when you're impatient, when you're frustrated, when you're sad, just tune in and ask, like, what am I really feeling here? Right? I can think about this a lot, especially in the morning when I'm like rushing the kids and trying to get them out the door to school. A lot of times my impatience is coming from feeling inadequate as a mom of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that mom whose kids are always late to school, who the teacher is like looking at them like, now you don't have enough time to do this because you're late for school because your mom, your mom's a bad mom, right? So because again, I'm very self-aware, 
I know that my impatience with my kids in the morning has nothing to do with them and how fast or how slow they're moving. Although, let's be honest, six and eight, they can be very slow. It's really coming from my own sense of inadequacy, right? And so then I don't have to get mad at them because I know what I'm really feeling here. And what I'm really feeling here is inside of me. So that's one question. Another question is to ask yourself this, right? If I'm not angry, annoyed, or frustrated, what is the underlying emotion I'm struggling with? And so I want you to ask yourself this question because a lot of times we have easy access to the emotions of angry, annoyance, and frustration, right? Like we know when we are feeling those things and we lead with that. Those are like the hot emotions that like we just are reactive to. But underneath all of that, underneath the anger and the annoyance and the frustration is some other emotion. So if you can't say that you're any of those three things, what are you left with? That's going to take you deeper into understanding yourself. The fourth, the third question rather that I want to offer you is this one. When I look back at our last argument or negative interaction, this is in your marriage, what was I afraid of? Such a good question to ask. When I look back at our last argument or negative interaction, what was I afraid of? So much of conflict in couples is coming from a fear. What is that fear for you? And then the last question, if I had felt really safe and supported by my spouse, what would I have said or let them know? So you can take this to any interaction or any conversation. If you had felt really safe and supported by your spouse, what would you say to them? What would you let them know? Okay, so those questions again, what am I really feeling here? If I'm not angry, annoyed, or frustrated, what's the underlying emotion I'm struggling with? When I look back at our last argument or negative interaction, what was I afraid of? And if I had really felt safe and supported by my spouse, what would I have said or let them know? Try these questions on this week. It will make such a difference in you understanding yourself and you being able to share more of yourself with your spouse. Vulnerability is the key to a deeper, more fulfilling connection with yourself first and with this person that you love and want to be deeply connected to. Thank you so much for being here today in this episode. And I want to invite you, if you would like more support from me, if you would like more help improving your communication, knowing yourself better, trusting yourself, validating yourself, improving how you relate to yourself as well as how you relate to each other as a couple, I invite you to head on over to my website, drshavon.com. I actually currently have openings for private coaching. So if you would like that experience with me of working with me directly one-on-one or as a couple in my private coaching program, definitely head on over to my website, drshavon.com. You'll click the work with me tab and you can find out all about that program and how to schedule a consultation call with me. All right, that's it for today. I'll be back with you next week. Bye for now. 
Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.